1: Hello and welcome to the Golf Practice Podcast. My name is Andy Hayes, and with me, um, I suppose we could call this an emergency podcast, is Peter Donahue. Pete, you just walked into the Cube, and I was like, Pete, we got something to talk about, and gave you very little, little, you know, info. So thanks for coming up here with me. Always great to be invited in, Andy. How has everything been going? Are you transitioning to summer? Yeah people you haven't know, heard from you in a while, so. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, loving this. I'm, you know, uh,
0: you know, starting, starting a new season and a new, uh, you know, new, uh, chapter of my life, so to speak, uh, moving into a kind of a retirement mode and slightly, and I'm not sure what that's going to look like. And so how it's looking right now is, uh, that I don't have too much responsibility and, uh, and I enjoy watching and listening to you guys buzzing around and uh and seeing what's going on and being a part of it in a um, you know in a sort of a slightly different way
1: yeah how's the golf game
0: yeah it's not too good right now um I'm, i you know i'm uh, i'm kind of uh, working through some physical things and i th- i th- I keep uh feeling like i'm getting better but i'm currently uh my sacroiliac joint is, uh, is angry and, uh, um, and golf seems to aggravate it, but I think I'm actually gaining in flexibility down there. And, uh, I think it's part of my issue is cause it's kind of becoming unstuck. And I think, uh, that, um, that that little bit of movement in there is, uh, is irritating it. So, so anyway, I've got an appointment to see my guy and, uh, and I'm just keep doing my exercises and I don't feel debilitated by it. But when I go to swing the golf club, um, my hips are not willing leaders. And so uh, I can be wildly inconsistent in my contact with the ball. So some days I can be About as good as I think I'm going to be, which is I think I could still shoot in the 70s. um, But other days, uh, I can't even keep score.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we got to play nine holes last week. And I still remember that seven wood on number nine that you rolled up Sunset Valley to about 10 feet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty cool shot. Yeah,
1: that was a cool shot. Yeah, you know, and and
0: that's that uh that's kind of typical what happens. I didn't have a clue as to how to swing and hit it anywhere uh up until about the 8th hole and then uh and so, you know, I'm I'm finding different ways to get myself going and and uh and I am benefit I benefit a lot from having been around the block so many times because uh because I'm, I've got a lot of freedom now. Um, I, I trust myself to be able to find it. And and, uh, so I'm, uh, I'm kind of like uh, employing currently a sort of a, a wild uh, cage match uh, fury of ball striking and grunting and swinging, which, uh, which I'm enjoying very
1: much. <laughs> All right, well, last, yesterday, Tuesday, the 25th, Tom Coyne, an author, came out with a book called the Qu- a course called America. Um, Tom Coyne is a, I guess, a famous golf author. I guess not too famous because you don't know who he who he is. But um, uh, generally, he's becoming more and more well known. He wrote a book called a course called Ireland. Well, you'd probably like that one. Uh, he he walked. He he literally like walked around the whole country of Ireland. <laughs> he didn't have a car, so the idea of like play it as like a whole like, a continuous course or something, so... But, like, through... You know, he carried his clubs. He told like... You know, they got too heavy, so he just threw away his pitching wedge. He didn't (laughs) want to carry it anymore. Um, And then he did a course called Scotland where he was, like, played through all the links courses in Scotland, and now, you know, over the past few years, he's been working on a course called America, which has um, 50 states, 5,000 fairways, and the search for the great American golf course. Um, And so um interestingly enough Tom we met or I met Tom 2 years ago when he was at Canal Shores for summer camp uh, not for summer camp like while summer camp was happening and he was there with Joel Murray and they were playing a round of golf and i knew it was sort of part of his his tour you know of the courses but i didn't quite know if if anything about Canal Shores would end up in the book and yeah. so you know i flipped through last night and sure enough Canal Shores Canal Shores made it so um it's only you know it's two pages maybe i'll read I'll just read the two pages and then kind of ask some questions for you after that. So, um, The chapter is just titled Evanston, Illinois. This hole is called Murray, Joel explained as we walked the fourth fairway at Canal Shores, just north of downtown Chicago. My brother Billy used to run the snack shack up by the green. He started here mowing grass and somehow promoted himself to the snack shack, which is funny because he's not really a morning person. He would show up at noon... Not as early as most golfers might actually like a snack. Some people look sloppy in an untucked shirt. Others made you wonder why your shirt wasn't untucked too. Joel Murray was among the latter. His blue golf shirt hanging over his shorts. It was from William Murray Golf, the clothing line created by him and his brothers, and was dotted with a bicycle pattern. It recalled their days riding bikes here to play or to caddy over at Indian Hill where the six Murray brothers grew up carrying golf bags and where his brother, Brian, collected experiences that would inspire him to write the film Caddyshack. This is back in the long hair, Fu Manchu mustache days, Joel said. Bill liked to get up when the sun was warm. He'd come heat up some hot dogs when most of the golfers would already be done for the day. But there was a certain clientele that wore dingo boots and cowboy hats and used to hang out with him and laugh. Who knows what went on there? I do, but I'm not going to say right now. Canal Shores had been part of Joel's golfing life from the start. He'd followed his brothers into the entertainment business as an actor and comedian, but first followed them to the local course. My relationship with Canal Shores has changed many times over the years, he explained. When we started out, it was illicit. I was sneaking on and playing without being asked or wanted. Then I learned I could find balls in the canal and negotiate with the pro to play the course. And as I got older, I actually paid to play the course. And now we run a charity tournament here for first responders, and it's been great for us, but has also helped enlighten people to the existence of this place. And the course. It has gotten so much better than when I was a kid. Then it was hard dirt with patches of grass, and now it's really a proper course all of a sudden. To call Canal Shores, a community golf course, would be underselling its role and its routing. The 4,000-yard par 60 layout rubs shoulders with fire stations, the Chicago L, and the local hospital. Joel noted that before the trees grew up, slices from the original first tee ended up in the emergency room rotunda across the street. The holes wandered through backyards and across busy streets as you dodged taxis en route to the next tee, following Chicago's North Shore Channel connecting Lake Michigan to the Chicago River. The metropolitan courses I had played were parks with gray buildings for a backdrop, but canal shores fit snugly between the city's walls. It was a sort of place that didn't survive in urban America anymore, no matter how much cities needed places like them. When I arrived with Joel, who was home from L.A. visiting family, 50 kids occupied the first two holes for a summer golf camp out on on the course. We played through dozens of young people taking their first swings. Had Canal Shores been left to the hands of local government, it would have met the same fate as so many Muni courses, sold off to fill budget gaps because the land was too valuable, the course too expensive to maintain, or the condition- conditions too poor to drum up revenue. They had dodged that eventuality by incorporating Canal Shores as a nonprofit, relying on fundraising to keep the T's open and suggesting a new path for struggling community courses. They made decent money from tailgaters who parked on the holes during Northwestern University football games, but the budget required Canal Shores to lean on its neighbors to care for the course. A local golfer named Jason Way had recently taken the course's conditioning on his back, rallying the Chicago golf crowd to come out and clear sticks, dig bunkers, and chop overgrowth. Volunteers were relied on to make the course not just playable but intriguing. They'd built replicas of the principal's nose bunkers from, from St. Andrews, installed a shrunken version of Oakmont's church pews, and dug a wee burn that recalled Carnoustie, just at one-tenth the scale. When a stranger's shovel would never be allowed to touch a municipally owned go- course, here was a chance for those who wanted a good golf next door to get involved, roll up their sleeves, and make it happen. Joel showed me mercy on his childhood track. He fearlessly navigated fairways that were only uh, slightly wider than the L tracks above us closing me out on 14. As we put my five bucks toward pizza in the American Legion post that occupied the upstairs clubhouse, I was grateful I'd come to Canal Shores on my last morning in Chicago. I'd been in town for five days playing through golf's past, and it seemed fitting to end with some hope for its future. So, Pete, I my question for you is there are two sentences in there about a 50-kid golf camp and a group of campers out on the course taking their first swings. Um this was this this made it there because of because of you and things that you started and were interested in in building um can you can you tell us the story well uh the
0: story and of course the the reason that uh um that that uh, they saw the 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 kids on the golf course was because of the the growth of a new program that we started that year, and specifically you started that year, uh, and that was we had we had uh, started uh, back in uh, 2013 uh, in the fall uh, on a weekday afternoon with five kids, and. Um, at the time, the general manager uh, and the, both the the head golf professional that were there were very skeptical that uh, that this new program that we ha- had started would have any real impact on the golf course at all. Um, they were they asked me they thought do you think we could get maybe 12 kids to come out? And they really, um, they were, uh, and this was Tom Tully, who was the general manager there, and uh, they were the beginning, at the beginning of this turnaround. And Tom Tully was uh, was a guy who really had to do everything on his own. You know, he carried the, he was his own mechanic. He, he dealt with uh, old equipment that you had to keep, Held together literally with uh, baling wire and chewing gum, and uh, and he was a terrific partner. Uh, we started that program because we got called uh, by a um, an interested board member uh, who was a young father who saw the future of the golf course as a kids and family golf course. It for years it had become. Um, a course that just some of the you know the locals, mainly older people, played and and but you know over the years um, when you talk to to great golfers in this area and great golf enthusiasts, invariably uh, those those people uh, would report that they grew up on one of two or both uh, golf courses, and that's the Winnetka nine hole golf course and. Uh, the Peter Jans or Canal Shores Golf Course, and um, I was introduced to the course by uh, a friend of mine named Kathy O'Hara, who had grown up on that on the course, and her father, who was a great golf enthusiast and supporter of of Canal Shores. Um, taught the the girls to play and and she had never father had long since passed away but Kathy uh, very much believed in heaven and believed her father was watching her from heaven and uh so we would uh, she took me down there and she said to me uh over and over again um and she had a funny way about her that you know made me think that what she was saying was going to come true but she because she, of course, believed she'd lived through many lifetimes and uh, and so uh, had some some uh, ability to look into these things. And she said, uh, she told me over and over again, she said, I just see you doing, um, you know, such wonderful things here uh, for, uh, for these kids and for this golf course. And so... Um, I we I uh, for years uh, futilely tried to get into uh, and and to find out you know how we could might possibly help, but my my calls were never answered. And finally, so the day Kathy died, um, we got
1: the call. Wow, that same day.
0: Yeah, I, I remember he, her. Her husband called me in the morning. And Kathy had been, you know, very ill uh, with something that affects the body like Lou Gehrig's disease or ALS. And she eventually uh, succumbed to pneumonia. And so she died on a Saturday morning. And uh, and I was thinking, uh, I said it would be uh, nice if, if I... I had a sign, and uh later that afternoon, I got a sign so so um, that so we went down there and uh and with the five kids that showed up um I was never uh I was never uh discouraged by any of that. I always felt like I, I didn't care who showed up. Uh, if there was one person that showed up because if if we did a good job with them and they liked it, uh they'd tell their friends, more people would show up. And um and that's kind of what happened. Um you know, we ran pr- uh some weekly programs um there that fall and the next spring in in 2014 we came out with a with a with a bigger program which uh in the centerpiece of that was a a summer camp program where we we had a monday through friday morning nine to noon um camp offering and um and we um you know, we ran it in a very informal way, and a lot of people were very last-minute uh, sign-ups. Uh, but, you know, the, the, we we um, we had a fun... We'd been doing camps for years, so we we knew how to kind of basically structure things and, you know, run stations and, and have things be kind of fast-moving and mix in, uh, you know, fun athletic things things with um with attempts to instruct kids and, but you know when very young kids it's it's um you know the instruction is um you need to be very skillful and and create it like play and so it took us some years to really kind of move from being able to give that idea lip service to to actually you know being able to deliver activity-based training that was uh, Fun. And we still, you know, we're still working on it, uh, which is, you know, a great, um, I just think a great aspect of, of, uh, the golf practice and of the, the people, uh, who, uh, now make up our staff who, who are just all, um, you know, very, uh, Excited, uh, interested in learning uh, about teaching, interested in incorporating new ideas, uh, and interested in making significant contributions to uh, to people. And that, I think that idea, um, and just being steadfast uh, with that, um, is the only thing I can really point to, to say, well, you know, how did it? Grow. I mean, I think you you grow uh, in many ways according to l- some lucky things that happen to you, um, but I also think it's it's adherence to principles, um, and uh, and demonstrating that you know you uh, you do care, and um, and I think that again, you know, it takes going around the block a few times to to you know mouth those words we care you know to to really you know measuring that and looking at well what are we doing that really supports that idea and could we get any better at that and uh, I think the fact that we've not ever gotten too too full of ourselves about you know who we are or what we do is a is a big part of that because, uh, I think that a certain proper humility and desire to keep aspiring, uh, and keep growing is, um, uh, you know, as I think, uh, characteristic of our company. Yeah.
1: Well, Um, what, what like has been kind of special or important to you just about like the canal shores, like maybe the course or the facility itself uh, compared to some, you know, we've been at so many other courses and have so many other places where we do our, uh, do our stuff. Uh, I'm just kind of curious why, you know, why there or why did it maybe work there? Or, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, uh, the attraction of, of it
0: uh, from the outset was the fact that it was next to the L, You know, and and you thought, well, you know, people, this is really an accessible golf course. I mean, all you have to do is get on public transportation and be dropped off right at the course. And so, you know, uh, over the years, the idea that you could have uh, golf really be accessible to Large uh, aspects of the community, um, you know uh, including the those parts of it that people would refer to as underserved um, you know was 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 so attractive. and the other thing that was attractive about it is is the layout of the the golf course, the fact that it does blend and wind through the neighborhoods. And so you know up north you've got the Baha'i temple and the Wilmet harbor and uh, down south you've got um you know you've got green bay road and the and the railroad tracks down there and and the houses are different but they're they're so uh they're so intimate i mean it's not like it's not like another sort of housing development no. you know what i mean it's yeah. just it's a neighborhood mm-hmm. and and you really you really feel that sense of neighborhood as you're walking through it and uh, and you see how the pastoral uh, settings of the golf holes uh, add and and how uh, and how it, it it's it's a complementary thing the neighborhood adds mm-hmm. to the to the course that you're that you're uh, you know walking along and you're really you know seeing people's backyards mm-hmm. and um, and and I think it's always interesting when, you, when, when that happens. I think that that intimacy is, is, a, is a big part of it. The legends of Bill Murray and, and the, the crazy things that have gone on there over the years are really spicy and fun. But I think it's the, it's the fact that uh, this golf course is, um, I mean, golf is really celebrated there at all levels. Because it's, it's not a snobby golf. I mean, there are plenty sure. of really good players that play there, sure. but they go there with with the notion that, hey, we're all bozos on this bus. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're just playing this funky golf course and enjoying it, and we all share that together. And uh, I don't think any, you know, I think it's a very egalitarian uh interest there's no yeah. snobbery no
1: uh, looking down on anybody and you have to almost look at it as a whole ex, as a whole as all of the experience of coming that comes with playing golf um compared to other courses that are more like what you know what score you shoot or you yeah. know how nice it is but yeah when you take in all the surroundings and it just like feels like oh it's like this place has like been here for like a long time with you know it's not like those housing development courses where it's like hey we will build a course then we'll build a bunch of houses around them and then we'll sell all the houses and then we won't even let the neighbors walk on the course with their dog <laughs> you yeah know, like, yeah um, right just like everyone keep off <laughs> so um yeah definitely different um from that perspective um we i don't know if you know this we already have more we have like more registrations this year than we did like all of last year like today, and so we're gonna keep you know they keep rolling in, of course, all summer. So, I think we're gonna have a potentially between all of our programs, we're gonna have like a hundred kids a day. Days.
0: Well, that is absolutely amazing, and um, you know, and it has uh, so much to do with your efforts, and um, and I, I think that um, it's a wonderful. It's, it's wonderful because, again, going back to the idea of, of this golf course uh, evolving into something more than it was, which was just a refuge for a few old-timers, you know, mm-hmm. who like to play as singles, uh, <laughs> walking around the course as their private course, and to be sitting with the, the board members who at the time, you know, were trying to dig them their way out of a financial mess And, um, and, and really saw a change of, of, um, mission and purpose for the course as being so central, uh, you know, to the, to the financial viability and, and also the, the mission of the course in the community to, to make golf accessible to, uh, and, and to be a great learning place. And, um and we lined up with that right from the very beginning and um and to to have those guys to think of it now and to to realize you know that we put $7,000 plus some change into their coffers you know after that first year and um and last year we put $80,000 into their coffers and now you're telling me that we have a bigger contribution than that, even. I mean, I think that that is. Um, I think there are a lot of lot of folks uh, on the on their board down there that were skeptical that uh, anything significant could could really come of this. But now, you know, with the um, possibility that the course could be renovated in future years, to have those two holes in front of the clubhouse be something that's really dedicated to uh, to a learning environment, uh, and that 18 holes be found, you know, be created, uh, among the remaining property, um, you know, I think that, um, that as a community asset and as a self-sustaining financial, uh, model, um, you know, that's, that's what, uh, I, That's what we thought we could be as as a business, that we were not only teaching golf to people, but we were actually, we had the skills and the interest to be uh, consultants to uh, parents, um, to organizations that wanted to use golf, whether it was for team building um, or whether it was for, uh, running a golf operation and um, and I think we're I'm so pleased to be able to say that we've uh, uh, we've been able to m- make that kind of a contribution in Evanston and and I can cont- I consider it um uh, I consider it to be one of uh, of the accomplishments of our company that I'm most proud of I think um I think that uh and r- the reason for it is that as I go into uh to retirement or reinvention that um I feel like this thing uh, in your hands and uh and with the, the the rest of the guys on the team is is uh, going to continue not just to grow in numbers, but I think it's going to grow in uh, in how uh, how and who it reaches. I think we're at the threshold of really being able to uh, have the the fullness of this the program be realized. Uh, to bring kids, not just from beginners to maybe college golfers, but to also, um, you know, uh, also to do, uh, to, um, I think bring golf to every uh, corner of the, the community, because we think we know that when people get interested in it, um, and, uh, that it leads them to good things. I mean, I had a mother uh, in here yesterday of a of a young man who's now in his thirties, and uh, and he's been a student in our academy since since way back when, since he was in junior high school, mm-hmm. and um, and she said to me, I. I she was just in briefly and she's heading out of town. She was having a a lesson with Jansen and she said, you know, I've got to write you and, uh, let you know what it has meant to my son and our family that at a time when he was, was kind of iffy in which direction he'd go that, um, the relationships and the guidance that he got uh, in our academy uh, kept him on a good path, and uh, and you know, and he's a he's a fantastic young man at this point in time. And to make that kind of a of a
1: dent in somebody's life is like that's what we're about. Yeah. Is there anything kind of inherent in golf that you would say m- maybe like adds adds the i don't know fuel to the fire on some of these things as opposed to if you, know, you could just imagine i would imagine in a different life if you were a like a basketball coach you would still have made made an impact in lots of areas and in lots of people's lives so there's some some things of like oh yeah you could learn you know kids can grow and develop through in lots of different ways, not just through us or not just through golf, but like what, like I wonder, what are, are there any like favorite things that you have, or that you can think of about golf that like wow that this is what makes, makes it just like slightly different. I think it's it's that um, in golf you don't have to run
0: be have to have the physical skill or talent or God given mm. gift to run fast and to jump high uh, you can be, I think when young people, you know, are, are are growing up in life, they're looking for something that will engage them and something that will, uh, something that they can chase and enjoy and that will, that they'll find their worth in somehow, whether that's, uh, uh, you know, uh, modeling or whether it's academics or or what it is but in what i've seen is that in golf um it's it's uh it's patience and optimism that uh that's all you need uh because uh you'll you'll learn you know you all you have to do is is stay at it and, and practice and and practice is what is what is practice. Well, it's something that you do regularly. So you can call playing a game. Oh yeah, I play this game regularly. Well, you're practicing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and because you're you're exercising your body. You're you're as you're doing that, your mind is involved. And it's questioning. It's wondering how you, improvements can be made. What if I tried this? What if I did that? And. Uh, what I see is that uh that self esteem uh, grows uh as you accomplish and as you uh and as you gain for yourself and and uh and so in golf without having uh you know a f- uh having a fast ball. Throwing arm or uh, or a dead eye shot, uh, you know, from the three point line, um, people can learn to uh, to strike a, a little ball with a small headed angular wedge club, and um, and they can meet moments that make them proud, and uh, and so uh, I think that when someone and these victories uh they don't need to be accomplished because you scored 30 points in a ball game i mean they can be accomplished quietly you know in an afternoon with by yourself or with your buddies or with your coach or with your dad or mom and um and they're 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 captured because golf is 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 paced in a way that um that when you step up to the moment and you, and you meet it, it's, it's like, uh, encased in your, in your memory, uh, and becomes part of your, uh, part of your story about who you are. Hmm. And so, you know, I watch people grow, you know, from those stories and, uh, and so I think in that respect while it's a challenging game and not you know and it turns a lot of people away because it's 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 been hard over the years for them to learn and have fun with it enough to get to the point where they can see some possibilities for themselves but we keep working on how to you know make that better and um and so I see uh I see those those things happening. I mean, I, people that you're, you're working with right now, you know, we've, we've talked about some of these people and you think, uh, man, they're, they, they face some significant challenges and yet inside the game, they, they don't seem to recognize or be slowed down a bit by those significant challenges. They just throw themselves into it and
1: grow. Yeah. It's just amazing. we've been, as you know been doing a program for you know a local school that asked us to kind of like help start a JV golf team with 5th and 6th graders and there's a kid at the school named Ricky who's a like a foreign ex- an exchange student He's here for the semester and he'd never played golf before and he no matter how many times we like hockey stick him to get his, like, hands up, you know, the first day he's, like, swinging and missing, you know, like, it's, it's hard, it's a hard game, but, like, and many times we give him a hockey stick and get his hands above his head with a split grip, like, uh, whenever he's going to hit the ball, like, his hands still, like, never get above his waist, and just, like, all ripped. but, but last time I saw him, out on the course and he was hitting drives like 130 yards <laughs> I've, again without getting his hands above his waist just like a turn with a lot of wrists and then like a turn through and it's doesn't get you know more than 10 yards off the ground but but he's doing it so yeah you're right i mean anyone you know if you have as you're saying patience and optimism you can do it um because you also in the same class there's other kids who they hit one bad shot and then they get so upset and then so upset and so upset and then they start swinging and missing even though they're like experienced golfers. So, um, yeah, it's interesting how it can kind of go, go both ways. Um, maybe we'll wrap up with two questions. Um, uh, specific to canal shores, a story of success and a story of failure.
0: Hmm. Well, you know, I think uh I think that the story of success that that uh most uh, tickles me is uh, is is Judah.
1: Hmm.
0: Uh I mean, here uh this young man um you know comes into to an outreach program uh that we we started at uh, th- Thomas Haller uh, you know Helped start a high school sophomore at ETHS, and uh, and we got uh, you know about a couple of dozen kids in the, in the program uh, th- two two or three years ago, and uh, I think it was three years ago, and Judah was one of those those people, and he um, his mom was uh, very concerned about. Him in high school, and where he was going with the people that he was hanging out with and uh and stuff, and so um we had Alex Perlman, who uh, was an outstanding young man who worked for us as a as a counselor um, uh, took it upon himself at the end of the program that we were running to put together a set of clubs. Uh, for judah so judah could try out for his mm-hmm. high school golf team and he made the team and um and uh, then the next summer as we were getting into things and and uh we th- uh, said well you know why what about judah we got to get him back in here again and and we reached out to him and and had some some difficulty hooking back up with him his mother mother is a is a one-parent family, and uh, and his brother is autistic and deaf, and so she she has her hands full with these two boys. And so, um, so we did finally get a hold of him, and uh, he came to work for us, and um, and got stayed back and stayed in the game. Had a job, um, did a good job. Showed up every day, learned, made mistakes, um, but was always a stand-up guy about everything and then he got together with uh, Pete Line and Weber and Pete really started to help yeah. him you know develop his swing and um, and so his story is still going sure. and uh, yeah. that's one of the the things that's awesome. terribly exciting uh, about it um,
1: story of failure I mean is there anything that you that was like man we we had this idea and we thought it would be It'd be great, and it ended up like wasn't really great. Nah, I don't know. Yeah, you know, maybe they have. They at least happen for me so often. So maybe if they don't, well, you know, no, nothing, they
0: definitely happen for me. But stands it, out. I would say that. that I would say that. Uh, you know, I would say that uh, that we we learned we have been learning from our mistakes. I mean, I, I would yeah. say that. Uh, that uh if I were to grade myself, you know, for you know, how well I ran and developed the program, I don't I don't think I'd give myself um, you know, really high marks for, you know, uh, uh for starting for getting tournament programs going and, and stuff like that. Those were things that really kinda happened in a fitful way and, and sometimes I uh wasn't up to the task of uh, you know, handling everything and being, you know, uh, being a great organizer. And, uh, but, um, so the, some of the things that I thought would happen earlier are, are happening now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, so I would say that that's it. I mean, I, 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 I feel like, uh, I feel fortunate, you know, to, have hung around you know long enough to 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 begin to see things uh come to fruition i think the you know the development of that uh that two hole area as a real multi-purpose learning center um i think is uh it, it looked like it you know it it wasn't going to happen you know they they tried a few years ago it they faltered because they were too impatient about trying to get the thing out now they went back to square one and started rebuilding the whole process all over again getting community support and and, and input and things like that and and i think that uh, so that failure reminds me again that uh that patience and optimism is is uh always required because you know things don't always happen in the time that you that you were shooting for, but if you you know just stay the course,
1: yeah things will change thanks well thanks pete i um yeah I was just thinking last night after reading um, you know reading this chapter that you know people talk about golf that uh, golf is the you know it's this romantic game that people write you know they write books about and all, you know all things like that and so even though like you know any old person can write their own golf book uh but to have someone like write about about you or about something that that you did i think is pretty cool so even though even though it's two sentences uh i don't i uh, it's it's congratulate i don't know what the word is if it's congratulations or or thank you or way to go but um uh either way, it's uh, pretty cool to see. Um, I'm excited to kind of see where this goes and to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, uh. yeah. Thank you very much. You know, um, yes, two two sentences. I don't, uh, you know, I don't live for that stuff. And so it's just, uh, it's fun to be a footnote, even a footnote, you know, because uh, um, you know that there are, uh, you know, there's, there's uh, uh, dozens of great stories, you know, that are... Um, Beneath that that footnote, sure. and that's really what matters.
1: Yeah. All right,
0: Pete. Thanks a lot. Clean and All right, Andy. I'd hit it again because that shot was a defining moment. And when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment, or the moment defines you. Well,
1: here it comes.